How is everyone? Man, who was here for the pre-service prayer? It was crazy. It was, you guys just missed it. Like, you guys got here and... So, so just a little, like, idea of coming early. You get to be part of that pre-service prayer, and, and you felt, I'm sure you felt the presence in this place, and I, it, was, it was soaked in prayer ahead of time. Ah, uh, I don't know where to start. Like, I've got my sermon up here, but uh, I have this, I've had this stirring inside me all morning, and I can't really describe it like I I think I told Jacob I felt nervous right but I don't feel like nervous in the fact that I'm nervous I just feel like there's you know that 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 stirring inside of you that that you could like physically feel and and I've been feeling that all morning and 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 I know that it's the presence and it, and it's God and but I just feel that God is taking this house deeper. You know, I, I feel like the messages that, that Michael and I have been getting, and, and it's, it's interesting because we're like in the same alignment, except we don't talk to each other, you know, about it. And, and you, so you just, I, I'm excited. And I, I feel like today we're, we're going to be talking about looking like Jesus, right? Last, last time I preached, it was about being with Jesus which leads to looking like Jesus. And then next time I preach, we'll talk about um, doing as Jesus did, right? But this is like that pivotal point, right, in our faith when, when we start spending enough time with Jesus and we start spending enough time with others that we start to actually start to look like Jesus, right? And that's what we're called to do. And so that's kind of what I want to talk about. I was, I was reading this book last week and I came across an interesting statistic and it actually shocked me. But do you realize that the average attrition rate of a church is nearly 10%? That means nine out of 10 people that show up to a church one year won't show up to that church the next year. And 60 to 90% leave the church altogether. Now, now, we don't necessarily see it because even in these mega churches, this statistic is true. But they're doing such a good job in going out and getting people in the doors that they're either getting enough people or more back in the doors than the ones that are leaving. So the church doesn't feel like it's less. It's just new people. We talked about multiplication, and we, and we talked about, like, we feel like this year is a year that God is calling us to multiply. But I realized, like, this isn't the type of multiplication. See, everyone's all down now. I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. Look, I, I just, I want to be real. Like, I, I don't want, if we're going to be a church, and if we're going to do what God is calling us to do, it's not just about getting people in the doors. Like, it's, we got to be real, and, it, and it's about going deeper, and, and sometimes it, it's about really going deep in ourselves and, and, and 
understanding what the truth is. And, and these are true. Like, I searched it. Like, I didn't just read it in a book. Like, I read it in a book, and then I pulled up Google. <laughs> right? But we are called to be like Jesus. Right? We're called to transform. Right? As, as Michael's been preaching, like, all year, die. We're called to die to our old selves and become alive in him. Right? Like, his last one was like, die already, again. <laughs> right? But it's something that I realize, like, we have to continuously do. And it's something that, that we might not, I pray that we get it. But it's not about just leading people into believing. Right? I wrote here, do we lead people into making allegiance to Jesus and forget them there? And I realized, like, look, we can't disciple everybody. Like, sometimes we have five minutes to spend with someone. We get to share our faith, and we pray that we planted a seed. That's all well and good. But I've also seen some scary stuff. I experienced something like, and I'm going to share this, and I'm not going to mention any names, but this, is, this like, really happened. Where there was somebody who wanted prayer for their son their baby's son, who has a, a major medical condition. And I was invited, and we were praying, and this pastor, so we were praying for the son, and this pastor looks at the mother and goes, have you accepted Jesus in your heart because you're your son's spiritual covering, and you are, you've opened up, I don't know exactly, but basically you've opened up something that have, has allowed this to happen to your son. And before she could answer, he's like, follow me in this prayer. Because she started saying, right? And so I realized, like, I'm like, what the heck? So he leads her into a prayer of salvation, leads her mother, who was there too, into a prayer of salvation, and says, see you later. i got to go to dinner. Now, this girl has faith. This girl has faith, faith, and this baby was one of the most beautiful babies I've ever seen. And, and I got to spend some time, actually a couple of us got to spend some time with her briefly afterward and just like speak like you're a good mother. Like none of this was your fault. You are, your, your, your son is beautiful. But I realized like this guy probably got up in his service that he was going to have that night and say We've, we let two people in the faith. Two people accepted Jesus into their heart. But what he didn't know is that they've been going to church. And they, they actually, they drove a long distance just to go get prayer because they had so much faith. But this guy didn't care about it. And it broke my heart. Because that's not what we're called to do. Dang, I'm getting all... We're called to look like Jesus. We're called to look like Jesus. Right? We're called to, to become disciples. We're called to disciple others. Like, again, we're not, we don't always get the opportunity. We can't disciple everybody, but we should be discipling some. <laughs> right? Like, sometimes we see that the problem's so big and we go, oh, my God, I can't do, I can't save the world. When we went to Africa, we were walking the gospel and we were sharing the gospel with everyone. When we ended up in the London airport, 
Sarah saw a totally different side of me. I, I almost had a nervous breakdown. Ask her. I saw so many people that were not saved. And I'm just looking at thousands and thousands of people walking around dead. And I almost lost it. But I realized, like, I can't, you look at that problem, and you do. You can have a nervous breakdown. But if you look at the person in front of you, if you look at the people that God has put in your life, that's what you're called to do. Right? Jesus discipled 12. There was a lot of people following him. But he discipled 12. It's totally not even in my, like, I'm just going off. We'll just figure it out as we go. Um, what I also realized, though, is so many times we come to church and we leave it there. And, and so I asked the question, like, are you being discipled? Are you being discipled? We're disciples of Christ, and we say that very easily, but are you being discipled? Are you opening up your heart? Are you, are you going deeper? Are you letting people speak into your lives? Are you letting Jesus speak into your life? Sometimes we get so much about being comfortable and what we like and the music we like and the way the chairs are set up and this and this and this and this. And you're like, you just made it all about you. You actually went into the house that is supposed to be glorifying God and you're trying to change it to make yourself feel comfortable. But it's not about us. Right? Die to yourself. <laughs> uh, we're called to be like Jesus. We're called to be like Jesus. We're actually called to be exactly like Jesus. And all of you are thinking like, Daniel, how can you tell me that? I don't. The Bible does. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. You're called to be like Jesus. Luke 6, 39 through 40. He also told them a parable. I think this is the shortest parable in the Bible. Can a blind person guide a blind person? Will not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully qualified will be like the teacher. Say fully qualified. That means there's a partially qualified. There's, there's actually levels of being qualified. And we're not checking your qualifications at the door. I'm just saying, like, there is a process that we're all on. And the end goal is to be like the teacher. Right? And who's the teacher? Jesus. So who are we supposed to be like? Jesus. Yes. But if... But, if we say we can't be like Jesus and we're like, there's no way, it's impossible, I can't be like Jesus ever, guess what? We're not giving him anything to work with. We've kind of set this bar, right? But what we should be saying is, Jesus, I want to be more like you. Teach me, help me be more like you. Disciple me. It's interesting, the Passion Translation, and I actually, just a little... I, I discovered this before I read the Passion's version, but I love that it's in the Passion. 
because what I found was, I'll just read it. The Passion says, and how could the apprentice know more than his master? For only after he is fully qualified will he be at that level. So I realized, like, sometimes we get confused with the word disciple, because it's not like, no one goes around and is like, oh, I'm disciple. It's just not an everyday word. Like, it's actually become, like, the pe- it's almost been dumbed down to, like, I follow Jesus. I believe. I'm a disciple, right? But it could be better translated to our today as apprentice, right? An apprentice takes someone on, and they say, come here. I'm going to show you everything I know, right? An apprentice, if you're being apprenticed, you are learning how to be like the person that is apprenticing you. Does that make sense? And and so, like, it's interesting because I've heard this a lot, um, like a tattooing apprenticeship. Have you guys heard of this? Who's had tattoos? You don't have to say. No one's going to judge you. (laughs) I've had tattoos. Garrett's got tattoos. I see them. But to become a tattoo artist, at least one that is respected and feel like where the tattoo community accepts them, they have to be apprenticed. And they go through an apprenticeship, and so they go through um, anywhere from one year to five years of apprenticeship. So they're basically just learning, right? They're, they're just going through it, and they're, they're going through the process, and they're, they're basically, a, a, a good idea to think about is like they just start out by imitating the person that's apprenticing them. And, and it's, it's interesting because so many times I feel like we, we bring people to faith, and then we just all of a sudden, poof, like, you follow Jesus, why are you doing that now? <laughs> Like, you follow Jesus, but I realize, like, it's a process. It's a, a process of being, becoming an apprentice, right? And so, so what I'm saying is, like, if we look at those terms, like, who are we apprenticing? Are we, are we being apprenticed? Have we let people in our lives speak into us? Have we, because, it, yes, like, we need to go to Jesus, like, I, in my sermon, what I'll tell you is always revert to step one, which is just being with him. Always revert to step one. Anytime someone, you start having trouble, run right back to him, okay, and be with him. But we also need to have people in our lives that, that are pouring into our lives, people that are going to speak truth, people that, that might not tell us what we want to hear all the time, but we want to make sure it's true. Like, we don't want, Right? It's got to be biblical, but it's about I, I become more like him, and then I'm going to find someone else, and I'm going to teach them how to be more like him, right? It takes other people, too. Like, Jesus realized, that's why he said, go make disciples of nations. Like, he's telling his people, and his people's people, and his people, and we're just further down the road, line, right? We are disciples of disciples of disciples of disciples of disciples, but we don't rely on just the person that's discipling us, right? We rely on him. You guys understand that? Yes. Okay. So to become a tattoo artist, if it takes one to five years, how much longer to become, to be an apprentice of Jesus? Like, I think it's a lifetime. 
right? And sometimes Jesus brings people faster than others. But I'll tell you a secret that I think. The sooner you die to yourself, the sooner that you give it all to Jesus, the sooner you go, Jesus, like, I'm nothing without you. I just want you. I don't care about money. I don't care about things. I don't care about how people value me. I don't care about my comforts. I don't care about anything. The faster you can get to that, the more he has to work with. Because I see a lot of people that resist him. They don't say it, but they do because sometimes it gets uncomfortable. I'm so proud of Jayla. She sent a text. She sent a text saying, I feel like God gave me a message, and I'm telling you because I want you to hold me accountable because I want to preach it. And if I don't tell you, I won't do it. Right? His will, not hers. She doesn't want to preach. Do you want to preach? No. Now look, I'm holding her accountable to the whole church. <laughs> but that's what it's about. Like, it's, it's going, I don't feel comfortable doing this. Look, we, we, we need to get past ourselves, right? And we need to start allowing ourselves to be apprenticed, right? Apostle Paul caught this, right? He goes, 1 Corinthians 4.16, I appeal to you then, be imitators of me. Did he want the people just to follow be like him? No, but he's saying, come on, you're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to teach you how to do this. And the only way I can teach you how to do it is to imitate me, right? He also says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. And he also says, brothers and sisters, join me in imitating, join in imitating me and observe those who live according to the example you have in us. We are called to look like Jesus. We're called to, to look like the people that follow him. The true people. Your spirit will tell you. There, there's, there's jacked people out there. I gave you an example of one. And I'm not saying he's jacked. I'm saying he made a bad choice. I don't know the guy. And I'm sure he's an awesome pastor. And he's led a lot of people to Christ. And, and I just caught a little glimpse so I'm not judging him by that. But what I'm saying is you will feel who you're supposed to follow. But don't do just the one that makes you feel comfortable. Right? Don't, be, don't find the one that's like, you know, I don't really feel like I'm, I kind of feel like I have a message to share, but I don't feel like I'm called to preach. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're not called to preach. Right? Don't follow that person. <laughs> Follow the person that's going to push you to be more like Jesus. Because Jesus preached. 
Jesus did a lot of things. We're called to imitate him. Our, our end goal is to look like him. So we spend time with Jesus, right? And we get to know Jesus, and, and that, that looks differently to different people. It looks like, it looks like, and we talked about, you know, praying and fasting and, and, and um, finding him throughout your day and reading scripture. Scripture is a great place to figure out well, how Jesus looked. Right? It, 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 it drives me crazy when I, I meet Christians that don't read the Bible or listen to it. Like there's an audio Bible. It's free. You can even get it so they make it, like, all exciting. <laughs> Traumatized. <laughs> right? There's, do you realize, like, most of the Christian church to today has not had a Bible? Like, if you took up all the Christians of all time, the majority did not have a Bible. But we get to have it. And if you want to be like Jesus, and if you want to be a Christian, and you want to know him, then you better be in the word. There's no excuse. There's actually, there's a movie. There's like a TV thing. Like, there's like the Bible TV show. Just look it up. It's probably on Netflix. There's no excuse. Huh. Look. It's hard, and, and what I realize, and, I, and I've said this a lot, but in today's postmodern, post-Christian era, it is hard to look like Jesus because we have a whole world that is plagued by this individualism worldview. It's all about us. It's all about us. It's all about us. It's, it's, it's plaguing the church. It is this... Um, hyper-reformation type idea, right? I don't like what that church is doing, and I don't like this, and I don't like the way they do that, so we're just going to move on. We're going to move on. We're going to move on. And I'm not saying, like, yes, there's some churches that we feel that is family, and there, there's some churches that are not. And I, I'm not saying don't, I'm not saying stay in an unhealthy family, but what I'm saying is don't, it's not about you. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And, and, and even like, I hear things like, look, I'm, I feel like I'm an evangelist at heart and I love to share my faith. No matter, you get in front of me and you're going to hear about Jesus. And I hear people say, Daniel, that's great, but I'm not called to be an evangelist. And I'm like, yes, you are actually. <laughs> you are. You're actually commanded to. But what I realize is, like, it's, it's not about what we want. You know, I will tell you, when I was coming to faith, my pastor came up with this idea once that we would go out to the streets and we would just pray about talking to people. And I was like, I'm not going to go. <laughs> There's no way. I was like, ah, oh, they have their faith out of mine. I'm going to leave them alone. But that was, not, that was a lie. That was the enemy in my head. And there's a lot that the enemy tells us. 
But I'm telling you, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. See, individualism, it, it's all, and it's funny because I thought, like, I see this, this, the West is just plagued by this individualism. Me, 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 me. And I'm like, man, this is, this worldview must have been, it must be like hundreds of years of old, right? It must be like hundreds, but it's not. Do you realize, realistically, it was in the 1960s that this idea that, that the world revolves around me took shape? It wasn't that long ago. And, but it, it's, it's crazy because you realize, like, even us as Christians, and I've talked about this, like, we're like, well, I'm a Christian and I believe in God and, and on and on. But you know what? You're still putting yourself ahead of him. You're still putting yourself the center. If you're not willing to do what he's called you to do because you don't feel comfortable or you don't like it or you don't, it's about you. It's not about him. He's there, he's there just to fulfill your needs. I want to see people healed. I want to see this. I want to see that. I want to prophesy. I want this. I want that. Why? I know we all want to. But I want you to think deep. Like, why do you want to? Do you want to so you could build yourself up? Or so you could glorify the Father? Look, I, I feel like I could speak honestly with this house. Like, I think we all need to. I'm not saying that I'm not just as guilty as any of you. Maybe I'm more so. I don't know. But what I'm saying is, like, if we're not honest with ourselves, we're not going to grow. Right? If we're not feeling breakthrough, and we're wondering why, we need to see, search deep. Give Jesus his crown back. A disciple is never above the teacher. Quit making your faith all about you. Right? Got all that done. <laughs> um, if we're going to be like Jesus, it's got to be all about him. Always. Always, always, always. In Luke 22:42, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. That verse throws most Christians. I mean, that, that verse is like, what? Look, you need to, a lot of times we approach that verse and it's hard to understand because we're like, Jesus is God who came as man, but he's walking the earth as God. And then he's asking the Father. But look, I want you to change that idea just for a second. Because what I want you to think about is if Jesus came as God and he was walking the earth as God, how does he expect us to imitate him. But what, I'm, what I want to say is Jesus came as man. God gave up his 
godliness, came as man, walked this earth as man, got filled with the Holy Spirit when he was baptized, and then worked within the power of God, which is available to us. Right? So when, when Jesus was here in this situation saying, Father, I don't know if I want to do this. This is really going to suck. <laughs> I want you to think about that. Like, he is showing not just, like, his strength, but his weakness as man. He knows what's about to happen. Why? Because he's so connected with the Father. He's so connected through the Holy Spirit that he sees, he prophesies, he understands. Not because he's God, but because he's connected with God. So he sees this coming. And it's revealed to him that he's going to take this cup. <laughs> and he didn't come up with some excuse like, oh, look at all my followers, though. I don't know if this is really you talking to me, God. <laughs> I'm healing all these people on earth. What? God, this can't be God. This can't be God. I'm doing good on earth. He didn't come up with some excuse. He said, I know you're calling me to this, God. And it's not my will, but it's yours. And I know this is going to suck horribly. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to walk through it. Picture. Like, picture if you were in the same situation. How much crappy reasons why you would come up. And you'd probably even blame it on him. Oh, I don't feel like God. God wants me to do this. That enemy. <laughs> the enemy is causing me, wants me to get to suffer and die on the cross for the world's sins. <laughs> but we're afraid to get up and preach. We're afraid to tell the people that we love about Jesus. We're afraid to look like God. And we come up with all these reasons. But realistically, it's because we are thinking about ourselves and not about him. Look, I say the 1960s, but I say it goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. We're still eating from the tree, but it's like tenfold. Like, it's just, it's all about that apple. It's all about the apple. This world that we're living in, it's all about that apple. This post-Christian era, like this world, like in this post-Christianity, they're just holding that apple. Check out this apple. <laughs> Have some. It's okay. It's all about you anyways. But if we're going to look like Jesus, we have to say, not my will but his. Not my will but yours. Let's just say that. Everyone's all bumped. Oh, this is exciting stuff. This is real. Like, we're just being real, real. Not my will, but yours. Yes. I know, like, it's crazy. But if we're going to look like apprentices, I love that word, of Jesus, 
We have to be real with ourselves. Jesus walked this earth to reveal the Father. That was it. He came to show us who the Father was. He came to show us how to walk alongside of him. I don't believe that there's anything that Jesus did that we don't have access to. And I want to argue that the only reason why we don't currently have access to it is because we're not fully dead. <laughs> we're not fully committed. Your will, but not mine. I'm here to glorify the Father. It's all about you. King Jesus. We sing King Jesus, King Jesus, King Jesus. Not King Daniel or King Sarah, Queen Sarah. <laughs> or anything else. Look, like, I want you to know this. Like, what I realize, what I think he shows me, what I understand is the further you step into what you can't do, the further you step out of your comfort zone, the further you, you go away from your old self, the better your life is. Look, it's not about you, but you're going to get blessed when you make it about him. Does that make sense? It's not about doing something so he blesses you. So we also do that too. Right? Like the offering box. Some people give to the offering box because they know God will bless them in return. It's not the right idea. God will bless you, but your heart has got to just be give. It's not mine, it's yours. Right? We put money in there, and don't worry about it, because it's his anyways. Don't worry about it, because we trust him. Don't worry about it. But I'm telling you, like, once you get to that with your life, once you give him everything, he gives you more back. I'm not saying give him everything so you get every something back, because that's individualism. <laughs> we don't give to receive, but give him everything. If you give him everything, everything. Look, I never wanted to be a pastor. <laughs> I didn't. I, someone prophesied over me once, you're going to be a pastor. I said, you're flipping crazy. I didn't just put it on the shelf. I threw it in the garbage can. <laughs> and I feel so bad. I wish I could find this person now. This poor girl stepped out in faith. <laughs> she probably never prophesied again. <laughs> but it was so, like, not even in the cards. But when I stepped into it, I said, God, not my will, but yours. You know what? He gave me a heart for it. I love being a pastor now. I don't want to do anything else. Right? I love telling people about Jesus. I don't want to do anything else. Because I have aligned with him. I have aligned my heart with his. But 
it's a process. It's a process of being apprenticed to the point that, that we give it all, not just a little bit. So in my old church, we did this, oh, we, I called it the old man's Bible study. Not because he was called the old man's Bible study, just because it was, it was all old men and me. And for some of you, I'm, I'm young still. Just, <laughs> I'm talking like super old, like 80s, 90s. <laughs> it's like, you're an old man. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> but I hated that. It was like, it was an old Presbyterian book, this book that they were reading out of. And I was constantly like, I'm going to speak truth over all these lies. But one time, like, they're talking about Jesus. And so a lot of times when we come to faith and we bring people to faith, let me back up. So when I, when I would share my faith with people from India, like when I went to England, there's a lot of Indians there, and so they would accept Jesus, and they would just add him to their list of gods. And we, I thought that was crazy. But I realized we kind of do the same thing here in America. Now, we don't call everything gods. But, like, so in this thing, they said that a lot of people bring Jesus in, like, a TV dinner. You know how, like, TV dinners, they have, you have, like, your meat portion and your corn and your mashed potatoes. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? You guys have all seen a TV dinner. Don't look at me like I'm stupid. <laughs> right? But it's all separate, right? And so we kind of do that. Like, and, and we see people that we bring to faith, and, and they, they do this, and it's like, these are my friends. This is my family. This is my Jesus. This is my, right? And maybe you have a big Jesus compartment, but it's still a compartment, <laughs> Right? But that's not what we're supposed to We're not just supposed to add Jesus on, right? It's not like, oh, hey, what's going on, Michael? Oh, I started playing soccer on Friday nights, right? That playing soccer on Friday nights is just adding on soccer on Friday nights. So a lot of times, we're just adding Jesus on. Maybe you guys have just added Jesus on. Maybe you're just coming here on Sundays. And you're like, I'm Christian. I'm going to have my life here. I'm going to have my life here. I'm going to have my life here. And I'm going to just add Jesus on Sunday mornings. But that's not what we're called to do, right? Jesus is supposed to be the gravy in our pot pie. <laughs> right? You just mash up everything, and he's the gravy that keeps it all together. He's part of everything. He's part of your family. He's part of your work. He's part of, because if we're going to look like Jesus, it's not just like an hour or two. It's not just during ministry time. It's not just during church on the street or anything else. Like all those ministry times, all that stuff is great because it gets us to the point to where we live a life of ministry. You could work, you could go to school, you can have a family, you could have friends, you could have soccer. But Jesus has got to be our gravy. We can walk and be like Jesus through it all. So I'm not like a normal pastor that's like, hey, go feel good about yourselves. <laughs> I'll pump you up again next week. But I, wanna, I want you to be excited. Because what I'm talking about is not a downer. 
we get to have Jesus in every part of our life if we let him in. This, this sermon is titled, Be Like Jesus. And I can't go through all this stuff and how to be like Jesus. Right? I can't do that right now. I can't do it in five hours. I can't. It, it takes a lifetime. Right? There, but there's a lot of things that we believe that are not said in the Bible. But it takes us, it takes us spending time with him. The more time you spend with him, the more you're going to look like him. Right? It's, it takes making things in your life priority that are going to hold you accountable to being like him. It's about putting people in your lives. And, and it doesn't have to be like crazy, like, will you disciple me? Blah, blah. But put people in your lives that you know that are going to be good role models for you. The people that you see that are walking the walk and talking the talk that you can begin to imitate. Right? Because I see a lot of stuff that Christians do, and I'm like, this is crazy. We're all just a bunch of sinners. Stop saying that. If you say that. <laughs> but there's a lot. And, and we're growing, and, we're, and we're, we're becoming holy. Yes, you're called to a life of holiness. It might seem impossible, but guess what? If you put Jesus in your whole life, if he becomes your gravy, you're going to be holy. <laughs> holy gravy. <laughs> uh, we, need to, we need to really look and maybe even ask him, like, God, where am I resisting your will? Where am I resisting you? What lies have I pounded in my brain that are going against your will where in my life do i not look like you we need to search deep and we have to be honest with ourselves and we need to be willing to change because we might not like what we hear but if 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 we listen and we make a change then we're just going to look more like him and, and it's going to be so much better then Michael could quit preaching about dying. We can't, we can't, it can't be a gospel that is self-serving. And, and I know it's hard because I think about this and I think about the way I share the gospel because we kind of preach it. You know, come to faith. It's all about your salvation. Do you know where you're going to go when you die? Do you, do you want to be blessed? Do you want this? Do you want that? Which is true. Like, I'm not saying like a lot of that's not true stuff. But it's, it's never growing out of that. Right? Like, I'm not saying don't tell people that. What I'm saying is tell people that and then bring them into a reality that it's actually all about him. And if you want all those things, make your life all about him. But not because you want it, but because he deserves it. <laughs> uh, 
We need to spend time with him. We need to allow him to disciple us. Look, and I ask you guys to do this. I, uh, when I was coming to faith, I heard a message, not as good as this one. It, this was way not as good as this one. But <laughs> I'm just joking. I humbly say that. No, I'm just. Um, but it was, it was about discipleship. And I started looking around, and I didn't really have anyone in my life. Like, I honestly, Sarah and I were experiencing stuff that we share it with people at the church, and they just looked at us like we were crazy. We didn't have you. I keep asking all you guys, where the heck were you guys? Because <laughs> we needed you. But it took me realizing, like, I, I, and I prayed, I'm like, God, Jesus, I don't have anyone in my life that I think that you want to disciple me. Like, show me. Put someone in my life. Give me a spiritual father or something. <laughs> Somebody. I was dying because we're on this journey and I had no idea if we were doing it right. And I finally was like, Jesus, you're just going to have to disciple me if you don't put someone in my life. And he did. And he will. Right? And now... He's put people in my life, right? I have Pastor Allen. I have close friends. I have Sarah's um, brother-in-law. I mean, I have people like Michael and Jayla and my wife and all of you, right? We get to disciple each other. But at the time, I had nobody, and he did, and I'm saying he will. He will. Even if he puts people in your life, he's still going to disciple you if you let him. Sometimes we don't want to hear what he wants. When we were in Africa, no joke, we get there. First day we're there. I just brought my whole family across the world to Africa. It was the craziest thing I've ever done in my life. And I go, everyone goes, so where are you going to be called to? Or where do you feel called to? I'm here. No, like after this, like we feel like we're called to ABC third world country. And I'm like, what the heck? And like all these people, like most of them are going out to the mission field afterwards. I mean, that was their plan. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. So I was praying every day, but I got to a point where I would not listen to God. I would not listen to him. I would pray, ba 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 Shakarabai, ba 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 ba. Boom. And I was out on the streets praying for the sick and, and seeing blind eyes opened and deaf ears and malaria disappearing. But I wasn't listening to him at all. I didn't. And you know what happened was someone came in and they were talking about two way journaling. And we're not going to get all it, but it's basically you write down your prayer and then you listen for God and then you write down what he says. I'm like, oh, I should do that. So I went to write it down and I'm like, I don't want to hear what he says. I didn't realize I had been doing this for well over a month. It was like six weeks. I was in Africa experiencing God in the most powerful ways, and I would not listen to him because I was so scared of where he was calling us next because Africa was the craziest thing to me. 
And so I sat there and I realized I didn't do this. And it took like, it's not even like I realized it and I was like, okay, God, I'm going to listen. It took another couple weeks. I kept praying. I kept praying for people. I kept sharing. But it was finally like we're in the bush bush of Africa. So like the bush is like Africa, but the bush bush is like deep in Africa, these little villages. And I finally go, all right, God, I'm ready for it. Your will. I remember this. Like I took a walk and we were only supposed to, we, were, we had to be in groups of four. I went by myself. I broke the Iris Global rules. <laughs> and then I confessed to it later. But I took a walk and I was just, and I, I, I literally was like, God, give it to me. Tell me, where are you sending us? <laughs> and he was so kind because he said, God, Daniel, I'm not going to push you to anything that you're not ready for. And it, was, it wasn't then, but it was later that he's like, I'm sending you home. I'm sending you to Las Cruces. And there was, there was a whole other thing to that. But I realized, like, he took us out there to kill us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being honest. The day I died was in Africa. And I was resurrected, and here I am now. But I realized, like, that was such a pivotal point of our, of our lives. Yeah? yeah? That's what changed everything. You know? But it, it doesn't need to be Africa, unless God's calling it out. If God's calling it Africa, go. But listen to him. Listen to him. Let him break you. Because he's gonna, you're going to be born again. You're going to be first of new creation. Right? And it's, it's, I'm not always there. Right? It's, it's a process of just dying, 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 dying. You're right? Until we get it right. Until we're walking like Jesus, one with the Father, saying, your will, not mine, glorifying him, all hail King Jesus. Right? And then it's world domination. <laughs> It's so worth it. It's so worth it. Look, Jesus, it's not about the crowds to Jesus. It's not about how many people are in the church building. It's not about that. It's about the disciples. Next time I preach, we're going to be talking about what it looks like to do what Jesus did. I'm going to get crazy. We're going to talk about, like, raising the dead and stuff. But if we can't get this right, if we can't get this right, then what's the point? He's looking for disciples. I want you to really ask yourself, how much are you willing to be discipled? How much are you willing to give up?
Because until we're willing to give it all, And the good news is, once you give it all up, you get it all anyways. It's tough. Like, you know, we, we, I love United Pursuit, and they, they have the, the simple gospel. <laughs> and it's so simple, but so flipping not. <laughs> And it's because we have a world around us, a world around us that is saying, me, 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 me. We have other Christians saying, me, 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 me. And it's hard. There's apples everywhere. There's fruit everywhere. <laughs> Everyone's offering us fruit all day. But that's why we need each other. And that's why we need to retreat back to him all the time. I'm not saying once a day. I'm saying all the time. We need to be one with him. Because it gets hard. It gets hard in our weakness. It gets hard to say, not my will, but yours. So let me pray. Jesus, next message, I pray you give me something more uplifting. <laughs> Look, like, I, I want this so bad for all of us. And I say us because I'm included. I want this so bad. There's so much more. Like, we watch, we have great role models. The Heidi Bakers and the Bill Johnsons and the Randy Clarks and these people that we follow, but I'm telling you, if you meet them, it's not about them. It's all about him. We want to be like them, but if you want to be like them, then do what they do and fall on your knees for him. I want us all to be walking like that because we all can. We could be world changers. Like this little church in Las Cruces, New Mexico can change the world. I'm convinced. But I don't want to just do it to hear a good message. And I don't want to just do it to feel good and be like, oh, that was great worship and I felt his presence. I want to grow. <laughs> I want to feel that presence all the time all the time and we can so let me pray <laughs> God kill us <laughs> God make us more like you 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 I need us to be like you give us discernment in this world that is so confusing Give us discernment. Show us what worldviews are corrupting our minds. What worldviews are making us blind to the truth, God? Open our hearts. Make us bold. Make us bold to just give it all to you. 
Help us, God. Help us show the world who you are. God, I don't want to do this without you. I don't want to do this without you pushing us deeper. Oh, God. I need this. We need this. We just hail you, King Jesus. Can we play that song one more time? We just hail you, King Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. But take us deeper. Don't ever let us be satisfied. Ever. Ever. And I pray right now, disciple us. (laughs) Disciple each and every one of us until we're walking this earth as you. It's in your name I pray. Amen. If anyone wants prayer, then come on up.
走。